It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, it's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Time for the press box. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas. Oh, yeah, sorry. I forgot about it, too. <laughs> we're, both, we're both a little off today. I was ready to start talking, too. Oh, the, there you go. It the is voice Worldwide to Aaron Sexton here on the, lunch bo- on the uh, press box. It is lunchtime in Central Texas. Hello, everybody. Glad to have you along. And lots to talk about uh, today. And one of the things uh, that really caught my eye early is Kareem Hunt returns to the Browns after Nick Chubb's knee injury. And when you, you watch that unfortunate injury for Nick Chubb, and it looks so familiar to what he went through at Georgia. And I, I just don't know that he's ever going to be back on the field. I hope he does. I mean, I, I don't want to see a guy knocked out of the game because of injury, but, boy, it is, that is he's certainly out for the year, and it uh, may be career-ending. I didn't see it, and I've tried to avoid it. I still haven't seen the video, and I won't watch it. Um, but I was scrolling on Facebook, and someone had just posted a picture of it, and it's mm-hmm. just – Oh, it's I, I. It's one of the worst knee. One of the what's one of the worst sports injuries I've ever seen. It it looks as bad as like Theismann when his leg broke or mm-hmm. or Cromero uh, uh, the offensive yeah. line. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it look it's if you haven't seen it, consider yourself lucky. I feel it, so bad if, for him. If you look at a side by side of the Georgia injury and the injury mm-hmm. the other night. They almost look identical. That's uh, how scary it is. It's, man, it's you, not good. Yeah, you feel bad for Nick Chubb. We talked about a little about it, a little bit about it yesterday. But I mean, the guy was one of the top five backs in the league. Great guy, great person. He's been the Browns Man of the Year nominee at least once, I think, multiple times. And it looks like I mean, this is the second major, major not you know not tearing a meniscus, not tearing no, an MCL, it, it's not every, a partial every, tear of the MCL. This is the second major knee injury that he has and I'm with you I hope he comes back but man it, it's gonna it's gonna be tough I, I really think it is and now you put Hunt in who rushed for 1800 yards from uh, 2019 to 2022 with the Browns average 4.2 yards a carry I mean he's a he's a usable back I just don't know how much is left in the tank well and that's I'm glad you said that because the reason According to, and I forgot which, I've listened to so many fantasy football podcasts, but uh, I think it was the CBS Fantasy Football Today. Those guys have lots of inside information, and they've ta- they talked about it last year when the Browns cut Kareem Hunt. One of their sources who, in the building with the Browns, said that the scouts and the coaches thought that he'd lost a step, that he doesn't have the same burst that he did, that he's 28. Mm-hmm. And so I think it'll be Ford the second year, Running back is the lead back, and and I, I I have no doubt that Kareem Hunt will play, but I think he'll be there third downs and to spell him. I think they really like Ford. I think they'll use Kareem Hunt, and it obviously even if he's lost a step, it it would be like the Cowboys bringing back Zeke. He knows everything, so obviously he can come in and do pass protection. Not a learning curve. Absolutely, he knows the routes. If if he's coming out of the backfield to catch the ball, uh, he knows. The entire offense. So that's obviously why they brought him back, and I think it's a good decision. 
I don't think that the two of them combined will equal what Nick Chubb can do. As a matter of fact, I'm almost sure they won't because mm-hmm. he was such a great running back. But it's about the best they could do in a bad situation. Yeah, I, I, I wish the best for him, but it just it does not look good at, at the moment. Some Big 12 matchups coming up this weekend. I think they're going to be a, a fun week in the Big 12. There, there's some really, really interesting matchups. And I'll start with TCU and SMU because of the fact it's the 102nd edition of the Battle for the Iron Skillet. TCU's won 12 of the last 15 meetings. It, that's really no surprise. And see, that's, but I, SMU I know. has won two of the last three. So right. there is a little bit of surprise there. That's That kind of changes the game a little bit. It has been announced that the series will end after the 2025 season, and SMU's not happy about that. No, Make no and, mistake about it. And I'm calling my shot right now. SMU wins that game. All right, you're going to go with SMU. I was going to ask. I'm going to ask you for picks on all these. Uh, you're going to go straight up SMU. That is their Super Bowl, just like Texas State. Baylor was their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They they have been they they circled that game on the calendar anyway, and then TCU canceled the series. You don't think they were a little bit upset? Yeah, I they think are. they're going to be ripping the doors off of the locker room on the way out, and I think they beat TCU. Uh, I. Boy, that's hard for me to go with SMU on that one. I'll go TCU just to be different, but I would not be shocked if SMU goes in there because you've heard me talk about my son Blaze's store there uh, in Highland Park, and it's right across the street from Gerald Ford Stadium. And he said they are wound up. Oh, I told him last night I'm, they are wound up at SMU over at the hilltop. So this is it. This is the this is the big game for them. <laughs> I'm probably making a mistake, but just to be different, I'll go with TCU. But I I I would not be shocked. It's a game I'm very I'm very much I'm looking very forward to too. watching. I, yes. Yeah, me too. But there's I am. there's so many games, and I'm not kidding. I'm gonna have to. I will be here running Baylor, so that'll make it easier. But early in the, I'm just gonna have to make a list of the games. DVR. Yeah, and 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 in the top two, it, it kind of in each window. That way, I can flip back and forth up mm-hmm. here, and I'm not going through every channel. Um, but there are some great, great matchups all over the country, and especially in the Big Twelve. Cincinnati and Oklahoma. Oklahoma number sixteen, undefeated. The Sooners are not the team that we saw last year. There's no doubt about it. This, They're better, this, absolutely. This, this is an absolute better team. And look, Dylan Gabriel's looked really, really good for the first three games. Competition or no competition, he's done what they've asked him to do. I I don't think this one's even close. I think Oklahoma runs away with this. Absolutely. I, I don't know what the spread is, but it's probably not enough. I think Oklahoma wins this by about 40. Okay. West Virginia and Texas Tech, and Morgan Place is a tough place to play. West Virginia may be better than we thought coming into the season. Red Raiders had the hype coming into the season and maybe the most hype in the Big 12. I don't know. They had a lot. Uh, But I still think the Red Raiders go into Morgantown and find a way to come out with a W. I do too, absolutely. Uh, Just as I think that TCU is SMU Super Bowl, I have no doubt that Pittsburgh is West Virginia's. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's more important to them than almost most of the conference games. I know that maybe sounds weird, but that is their big rivalry. That's like Texas and Texas A&M, West Virginia. It is. And Pittsburgh. So they're coming off their big game, and that's usually followed by, you know, kind of a low. Great highs followed by great lows. The great Johnny Tusa taught me that. (laughs) And I think that's what's going to happen with West Virginia. It's not ideal for Texas Tech to have to travel – to Morgantown, but I think they go in there and beat them. 
And I, and I honestly, I don't think it'll be super close. Okay. I don't think it'll be Oklahoma Cincinnati blowout, but I think I think Texas wins going away. Te- Texas Tech wins going away. How about two undefeateds? And I didn't think this would be the two teams we talked about being undefeated in week number four, but it is Kansas at three and zero and BYU at three and zero. Now look, the Jayhawks were three and zero last year. They got off to a hot start. No, no, no doubt about it. But they hit their ceiling. Have they hit their ceiling again this year, or is this Jayhawk team for real? Well, and I think we'll find out a lot about this team coming up against BYU. Yeah, and a lot of the the biggest reason why they hit a ceiling last year is because they lost their quarterback, Jalen Daniels, mm-hmm. and he's back. I don't know, though. BYU just beat Arkansas. They are obviously pretty good. Arkansas's not at the top of the SEC, but they're definitely not at the bottom either. That's a quality win. Ooh, this one's tough. <laughs> I'll make it easy on, on you. I'm going BYU. Okay, I'll, I'll take I will I will take the other side. I'm I'm All torn. Right. I'm torn. BYU is is good, but yeah, I I, I think uh, I I still don't think. Well, I don't know. They may prove me wrong by beating Arkansas. I just don't think that they're kind of up to speed, speed wise, mm-hmm. as far as Big Twelve athletes go. I, if that I makes can, sense. Yes, it makes absolute one hundred percent sense. How about Iowa State at one and two, Oklahoma State at two and one, and Oklahoma State coming off a stinker to South Alabama. Uh, I I kind of feel sorry for the Cyclones because I think Mike Gundy gets this team ready after yes. after tripping up last week. This is not going to be pretty for Iowa State. This is too not this. Well, I, this is a, a a bad team because they lost a bunch of because they weren't going to be great anyway, and then lost a bunch of players, including their starting quarterback and starting running back, because of the gambling mm-hmm. contra- the the uh, the big gambling investigation. DraftKings deal. Right. And uh, Oklahoma is not very good. I mean, Oklahoma State's not very good. I don't think they're as bad as Iowa State, though. So, in a battle of two not very good teams, I'll take Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy. Yeah, I think I, they're a little bit less bad. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit less bad. <laughs> I like that. All right. Houston and Sam Houston State. Sam Houston State looking for their first win of the season. The Cougars are 2-1, and one, but... I still say that Houston's really not a very good football team at this point, but they're they're kind of making some moves. I just don't think Sam Houston State playing in the FBS for the first year. I I don't think this is where they get their first FBS win. I think Houston's able to take care of Sam Houston State. Same, yeah. They're they're they'll go in and and I think get, it'll get be a, a good big, game. I do too. But I think it'll. I think it'll be – I don't think there's as much of a disparity in talent, but I think it'll kind of go like Baylor's game with Log Island did. They'll just be able to out-athlete them mm-hmm. and, and out-strength them <laughs> and things like that because they just have better talent overall. Right. I agree. Kansas State at 2-1, and one, UCF at 3-0. and oh. We all said that UCF was going to be the biggest challenger out of the four coming into the Big 12 this year. I still feel that way. Uh, I I don't know if I don't know if they play for a conference championship because I think there's a couple of teams and maybe three teams that will rise above them toward the end of the season. But they're certainly fun to watch. Kansas State, a team that you know can 
get to Arlington because they've done it before. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like that you look at UCF, and I, I think they get the upset win. I know Kansas State is picked to win this game, but I'm going to take UCF. I think they win this game over Kansas State. I do too. I, I looked at this game, and my first thought was, whoever the home team is in this matchup is who I would take. If this mm-hmm. was in Manhattan, I would take Kansas State. Since it's at the bounce, at the bounce house, I'll take Central Florida, UCF. I, I know they don't like being called Central Florida, even though it's the name of the university. Right. So. I will take UCF. I I, in the I think upset they get as it well. done, and I think it's by a field goal. Yeah, I no, I think it's, I think this may be the best game in the, in the Big Twelve this week. I do as too, as far as competitive wise. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, one more, and you know what it is: mm. number three Texas coming in to McLean Stadium, taking on the Baylor Bears. Baylor getting their win last week, uh, and this is a long, long time rivalry. Hundred and fourteen years, hundred fourteenth meeting, I believe. Wow. Uh, probably last for a very long maybe time. Maybe the last for a Unless very, they very, very long, long time. Yep. And so Texas and Baylor both having something to play out to kind of have that little bit of bragging rights that, hey, we won the last meeting ever between these two schools. Right. So Which I, Baylor will have over Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I – I just I hate doing this, but I I'm gonna have to go with the horns. I just think that they they've got too much. Me too, and it's it's literally physically painful for me to predict. Or you think it is for you to predict <laughs> Texas Longhorns to beat Baylor? But I'm not saying it doesn't exist, and I hope it shows up Saturday. But I haven't seen a version of this Baylor team that can beat the Texas team that went into. Alabama on the road and beat them. No, and and even with that Alabama game, put the other games there too because they've done what they're supposed to do to sure. win games. Yeah, the Wyoming game, although they're obviously a lot better than people thought. Giving, I think they are too. Given Texas all they wanted, a three-point game going into the fourth quarter and the win over Tech. But if you're Baylor, you've got to think, hey, if they can keep it close and have a chance to win going into the fourth quarter, there's absolutely zero reason why we can't. And that's yeah. what – that's. That's got to be the mindset of the Bears right now going into this game. Look, for Texas coming into this game, they need separation early because they don't want to let a team like Baylor hang around yeah. because you let a team hang around that's maybe a little bit desperate, maybe clawing, and they have a, a legitimate chance the longer they're in the game. So for Baylor, you just got to hang around. For Texas, you got to get separation early in this ball game. Yeah, Texas wants to strike early and, and put this game away early, get keep the crowd out of it because it's mm-hmm. a sellout and it's going to be loud, which I'm, I am I had never had any doubt it was going to be a sellout, but I saw that this morning. That That's awesome. I hope it's almost all green and gold. I know there's going to be some burnt orange because they do travel and they show up to Texas games, but I, I think the crowd's going to be great, and I think that'll help Baylor. I'm still, still picking Texas, but I'm just really, really hoping they prove me wrong. There you go. Look around the Big 12. Coming up next, R.J. Achoa join us. We'll talk a little Cowboys as they get ready to take on the Cardinals and see if they can stay undefeated on the season as well. As the press box continues right after this on ESPN Central Texas. Your leader in high school sports, ESPN Central Texas. The Valley Mills Coaches Show with Robert Featherston is brought to you by 
Bar None Country Store, the 5th Street Market and Nursery. Coach, I hear often that teams can win or lose a bye week. Do you feel like you won or lost this week? You know, we felt like we had a good bye week. We had, uh, we had some kids that were banged up a little bit, you know, got time to heal, got some good work done. So we thought we, we, thought we had a good bye week. You know, looking at your roster and the guys who've stepped up, we've talked a lot about Brady Woodrome and Jason Johnson. Who are some of the kids that we haven't mentioned that have stepped up and surprised you? You know, probably the, one of the biggest factors we've had on defense has been Fred Sadler. He's been a defensive lineman for us. Uh, he's got multiple sacks, tackles for loss. He's caused a lot of disruption uh, to offensive lines. So he's been he's been doing a great job for us. And also inside backer Will McDonald, uh, I think, leads the team in tackles. Uh, he's been a three-year starter for us as well. And uh, our offensive line, you know, they have just – they've got better every week uh, and they continue to improve. So – uh, a lot of good things happening. Coach, looking at district play, I mean, you, you had basically the preseason to get ready for a few games, and now it's the big stuff, try to make the playoffs. Is there a, a new emphasis going into games that truly matter for this season? You know, I'm really really just trying to emphasize that we need to get better every week. You know, and, and uh, more than more than the fact that it's district, I mean, the kids know that, and, and we do talk about it, but we just got to improve. You know, if, if you're not improving weekly – uh, then you're not, you know, you're basically getting worse relative to everybody else because everybody else is going to improve throughout the year. So uh, our whole thing is get better, you know, get better this week, be better than we were last week. Uh, so it's not really the opponent we're playing, but uh, just ourselves, you know, try to be better. Yeah. Coach, yeah, Moody this week, last year, a 10 to six loss. One of those tight games we talked about earlier this year, you had a ton of them last season. How do you flip that script? Do you use last year's game going into Friday to motivate your guys? You know, I think, you know, offensively we have to, you know, they, they shut us down last year offensively. Uh, they're still doing the same stuff that they did last year. They're very aggressive. They do a lot of stuff where they, they put pressure on you and they, they make your receivers have to get open. They don't give you windows. So, uh, you know, we kind of challenged them, you know, to, to, we've got to win. We've got to win in some places that we didn't win last year and, um, and then play, the, play defensively the way we did play last year. So, so yeah, I think that's a big motivation uh, looking at last year's game. ESPN Central Texas. Your one stop for all farm and ranch supplies is Bar None Country Store. And when it's time to buy feed for all your animals, they're an official Purina dealer. Bar None Country Store also stocks deer protein, deer corn, and deer feeders, outdoor furniture, agriculture hardware, and Circle E and Tyler candles. Go by and say hello to Paula, Bobby, and the gang at Bar None Country Store, 7991 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, and at barnonecountrystore.com. The 5th Street Market and Nursery is Bosque County's premier nursery, greenhouse, and boutique. Discover a variety of indoor and outdoor plants, unique gifts, and local artisanal products at their family-owned nursery and garden center. Located in Clifton off 5th Street, Highway 219. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5 and Sunday, 10 to 4. Check them out at 5thStreetMarket.com or on Facebook. Let their passionate team help your vision bloom into reality. 
You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Hi, I'm Baylor alum Dave Smith with RockMyMortgage.com. As an independent mortgage broker with 116 residential and commercial lenders, RockMyMortgage.com is your best option when you need real estate financing. With over 25 years as a mortgage consultant, I'll have you in, out, and saving money with no lender fees and low rates. Whether it's for your personal home, vacation home, or investment property, I have all the options. RockMyMortgage.com, powered by Edge Home Finance, represents you, the Baylor fan not some big lending company. If you're looking to get pre-approved, visit me at rockmymortgage.com today. The right call can make all the difference on and off the field. I'm Mark Stewart with Bird Colgen Ford. And when it's time for a new car, truck, or SUV, Bird Colgen Ford is the right call. Come check out our award-winning lineup of best-selling models like the Mustang, Explorer, Expedition, F-150, and Super Duty. Bird Colgen Ford proudly supports all Central Texas athletes. Make the right call for your next vehicle at Bird Colgen Ford. Experience better at Bird Colgen Ford. In business since the 1940s, Alamo Steel of Waco delivers over 30,000 tons of steel nationwide every year. And now they're looking to grow their team. They're hiring fitters, welders, machine operators for both day and evening shifts, and an evening shift supervisor. Evening shift only works four days a week, Monday through Thursday. Also, $1 differential pay offered for evening shift. After 90 days of full-time employment, Alamo Steel offers PTO and a comprehensive benefits plan, including medical, dental, vision, short- and long-term disability, life insurance, 401k, and more. Full-time positions offer 40-plus hours per week. Hourly employees are paid weekly. At Alamo Steel, they believe in above-average pay to attract well-qualified individuals. Apply in person Monday through Friday, 8 till 5 at 2784 Old Dallas Road, one block off Interstate 35 in Lacey Lakeview. Time to talk Cowboys with R.J. Ochoa from Blogging the Boys on ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. And welcome in from Blogging the Boys. R.J. Ochoa, R.J., how are we today? I'm doing great, guys. Happy Wednesday. Uh, Happy Pork Chop Day in my house. I can't wait to have them for dinner. (laughs) Oh, look at you. All right. Uh, Grilled or how are you going? I'm throwing them on the smoker. I'm gonna let them. They're kind of thick, so I'm gonna let them sit there for a few hours today. And if they, uh, if they're terrible, they're Costco's fault. That's why I got them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can see that. All right, I bet they'll be wonderful. Good for you. Hey, uh, the Cowboys pull the Frank Sinatra and they get the win over the Jets uh, after beating the Giants as well, thirty to ten. It, are we ready to just go ahead and hand an NFC Championship to this team, or? Do Cowboy fans need to tap a break a little bit here, RJ? Well, you know, Frank Sinatra loved Las Vegas, um, and that's uh, that's where the Super Bowl is this year. And um, it's, it's really difficult um, to not kind of think that this is the best team in the NFL. I think that, um, you know, I, I know you guys are familiar with the, um, the audio library of Papa Roach, a real popular alternative rock musician in the early 2000s. He said that um, the scars remind us that the pain is real. And I think that's what's holding everybody back. Because everybody's kind of, you know, I've, I've been here before. I've seen this before. Um, I've seen really good teams. You know, I've seen historical feats. And you think about it, you know, the Cowboys, if they get a win on Sunday and they're extremely favored to do so, they'll be 3-0. and 
Um, the last two Dallas Cowboys teams to start off 3-0 and both missed the playoffs, right? Like, there, there are no parades that are organized in September, and I think that that's the – that's the grounding that I think everybody's holding to, which is probably a good thing given how we've had our hearts broken before. When you look at the the previous game against the Jets and the big win, what is the one thing that stood out to you and you go, wow, this 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 thing is absolutely trending in the right direction? I think it says something when, when you can be dominant um, when you're expected to be. Um, and, and I think, you know, we all, I mean, we talked a week ago, said, okay, the Cowboys are going to throw this Jets offense around. Um, but I think in the back of our minds, you know, because it's the NFL, right? And every, any given Sunday, maybe maybe Zach Wilson is this hero character, and you know, maybe maybe we're the victims of these circumstances. But um, to just annihilate that, I mean, like it, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's this thing that that is inevitable. I mean, it's I really have have you know, for the majority of my life, any Cowboys team that has been successful has been so because of this sometimes erratic but sometimes consistent success on the offensive side of the ball. It is very strange, especially in modern times where offense rules all, to have a defense that you can set your watch by, that you can trust to not only, you know, get a stop or whatever, but to demoralize teams, to obliterate them. And so I really, you know, it sounds foolish to say I was surprised by that, but I was surprised with exactly how dominant they were they are off to this incredible start an incredible pace i mean it's historic what they're doing on that side of the ball rj you talked about how dominant the cowboys were in that game the time of possession just blew me away after i saw it 42 15 for the cowboys to 17 45 for the jets i believe that's the big the most lopsided time of possession since like 85 just kind of goes to your point about how dominant Dallas was in this game and has been in both games. I agree. And, you know, I, I again, at the risk of, of saying everything the Cowboys are doing is perfect, you know, um, it's it's really difficult to find a problem. And a problem that, that people have had or have identified this week has been their level of red zone efficiency, uh, settling for field goals. And, I, I you know, it's, it sounded so dumb when Mike McCarthy said that he wasn't focused on lighting up the scoreboard, but I mean, you know, there are data points and, you know, statistics and analytics to prove this and that, but there is something to playing the way he, he seems to want to, to kind of balancing an overall attack to, to, you know, not scoring too quickly. Um, You know, they, they hand the trophy out at the end of this thing to the best overall team who scores the most you know, points, but, but just because you're the number one offense in the NFL doesn't mean that that ultimately winds up being you. Um, you know, I've, I've mentioned it a few times this week, but the Micah Parsons strip that was just stupid amazing, uh, the immediate offensive possession of the Cowboys after that, Tony Romo had this huge problem with, um, I mean, I would say huge problem, but he, he was discussing it on the broadcast and saying how on that third down, the Cowboys didn't have any receivers even run to the sticks. And I'm not saying that I think that Mike McCarthy was planning on settling for a field goal, but I think that Mike McCarthy, to your point, looks at that and says, yeah, okay, you know, we settled for three points, but we took two and a half minutes off the clock. And in the second half of that game, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to burn this thing down. We want this candle completely gone so we can get out of Dodge with another win. How demoralizing do you think it was for the Jets on the very first play of the game when you know they went into this game with their quarterback not – real comfortable with making him throw the ball around the yard as much as, as they would have been. Uh, but 
So they said, we're going to run the ball and protect him. First play, Demarcus Lawrence dumps him for a four-yard loss. And that kind of set the tone for the entire game, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's the Simpsons meme, right? Like, I'm in danger, right? Like, it's like your worst fears <laughs> coming to life. Um, and and that's, that's really what it was. And uh, I'm a fan, as I think many people are, of uh, when you win the toss, deferring, because, you know, everybody wants to double dip and whatever. In this circumstance, and I obviously, like all of us, have the benefit of hindsight, I sort of love that McCarthy, you know, wanted to, to, to play defense first because I think you're right. I think the Jets really thought to themselves, you know, in, in their longest of hopes that, okay, we'll come out, you know, we'll start on defense and we'll get a three and out. We'll kind of get that energy. And, and Mike McCarthy wanted to, to snuff that torch like he was Jeff Probst. And to your point, that very first play, I mean, how could you How could you possibly – it wasn't even like it was Micah Parsons who did something, right? Like, it's like, oh, man, like, we have to deal with the other amazing pass rusher on this team, and he's the great run defender. It it really, I think, um, sets you even further back and lets – you know, is a reminder that you're swimming against the current all day long. R.J. Achua blogging the boys with us in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And, R.J., uh, speaking of Micah Parsons, gets the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, well-deserved. But Dan Quinn also said, you haven't seen it all yet. How scary is that? For opposing offenses i think the scariest thing um and i saw this this morning shout out to the great bob stern from the ticket of dallas um who has a, a sub stack that's really worth reading micah isn't even being used as much as a pass rusher as he has over each of the last two years uh, or at least last year uh from a percentage standpoint so like that's the thing like i think we're, we're kind of you know lost in this like oh man they're just selling out they're unleashing micah out of the cage you know every single play that's not what they're doing like they are conserving him so i mean i completely buy that take from dan quinn and, and i think that that you know kind of speaks to what we first started talking about you know the cowboys they, they know what it's like to flex on teams in september they, they know what it's like i don't know if you guys remember you know tony romo used to dominate the month of november we called it romo mm-hmm. like they, they they know all of that they have been there they have done that they have sang these songs but but they know that they are on you know mile two of the marathon and you you cannot you know run through the finish line yet and so you have to conserve energy that was why you know i personally thought it was a little bit foolish to to put money on micah winning defensive player of the year because i thought that the cowboys would put him on ice you know that they wouldn't utilize him all the way and generally to win awards like that you have to you know play a lot and get sacks and things um but yeah i mean it is it is amazing. It's actually impossible that, that this season is going the way it is so far for them. Everything is happening exactly the way they would have tailored it out, um, which, you know, speaks to the way that they're coached. Ronald Jones released after the suspension. No surprise there, was it, RJ? I really liked him, uh, you know, the, the week that I spent at training camp. But it's so hard to find thoughts for people. I mean, Rico Dowdle looked so good. And even then, you know, that led to Malik Davis not making the team. And Deuce Vaughn obviously has opportunity. Kevontae Turpin's getting utilized out of the backfield. He's already seen more offensive touches through two games this year than he did through all of last season. And so um, there, there's only one ball. And, and that's the, the prime when, when you have a scouting department that can discover all these players. And uh, Ronald Jones obviously has some talent, but unfortunately it's a numbers game. And Fortunately for him, there are seemingly some teams that are in need of a running back right now across the rest of the league. We've talked about it a couple of times, especially in the preseason, but, man, do I do I have egg on my face about the kicking game. I was so worried. Brandon Aubrey struggled, obviously, in, in training camp and in the preseason, but he's just been lights out after he missed that first extra point. It's been kind of amazing to watch. 
Yeah, he's made seven field goals through his first two career NFL games. He's one of only five kickers in the Super Bowl era to do that. And, and some of that is, I mean, you have to have the opportunity. Uh, Richie Cunningham actually did it. So um, not the happy days pick. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> My next question. So, yeah, so so Aubrey is, um, is only the second Cowboy to do it. Um, but, I mean, he's nobody else in that stretch of the other, you know, three non-Cunningham ones had a 55-yarder. I mean, you know, he's he's booming these things from downtown. and. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I trusted the Cowboys, but that's really all this was. I didn't believe in Brandon Aubrey, no offense to him, <laughs> right. uh, but the Cowboys proved last year that, that they could kind of close their eyes and, and figure this out, and I think that we have seen the emergence of, again, so many great avenues of coaching. Dan Quinn gets all the love for that, rightly so, but what Mike McCarthy's done on the offensive side of the ball, what John Fossil has done on special teams, not just this year, but, I mean, this year alone he's got a blocked field goal, you know, that, that set the tone for the season. Uh, Kevontae Turpin hasn't made an impact in the return game, but, I mean, you've, you've got, obviously, Brandon Aubrey, who they believed in, who, who they said, you know, everybody, you, you can you can scream, you can holler, you can do what you want, but we believe in this dude. And so far, to your point, everybody else looks silly, and they look smart. C.D. Lamb gets 100 yards and a half of football and then continues to pile up yards. But for C.D. Lamb to be able to do that in that situation without Brandon Cooks on the field, when he gets back, how good can this receiving core be? You know, I honestly think that Cooks might be a little bit moot. Um, now, there's an obvious benefit to having him on the field and whatnot. Like, you know, that's just kind of common sense to your point. But what what was so impressive was how, you know, obviously we didn't get a, a, a real good look at, at the Cowboys' offensive identity and offensive scheme in week one for very good reasons. Uh, but, you know, we have a, a little bit more data to kind of look at after the Jets game. And it's very clear and it's very obvious that Mike McCarthy is going to do what he can to scheme C.D. Lamb open. It isn't just this matter of kind of, you know, putting your hands up and saying, all right, let's help Brandon Cooks draws all this attention um, and that CD can kind of benefit because he's CD Lamb. No, I mean, you know, Mike McCarthy is, is setting pick plays and things like that to get CD Lamb in open space. Uh, the big game he had early in the game was kind of a result of that, of Jake Ferguson and Jalen Tolbert doing the dirty work. And I mean, you know, when, when you put Brandon Cooks on the field, it obviously only hopefully exponentially increases things. I think that Michael Gallup, um, you know, had to kind of fall on the sword last week and, and run up, you know, run track with Sauce Gardner for most of the game. But that worked to the benefit of CeeDee Lamb. And I, I don't think poorly of Kellen Moore, but that's that's a difference is, is you're, you know, finding ways. That's the responsibility of a coach, of an offensive play caller, is you have to be the person to put your playmakers in positions to win and to succeed. And CeeDee Lamb certainly has that going for him this year. RG Ochoa with us. And you know my thoughts on Kellen Moore. And so I'm, I, I like the way Mike McCarthy calls plays. You can tell in, in this offense, even in the two blowouts, that he is setting things up for later on in the game, the way he calls plays. And if you're going to be successful in this league, or any league, really, you've got to be able to do that. Kellen Moore couldn't. I mean, you know, the lowest hanging fruit is the sweetest for a reason. And it, it seems that Mike is really kind of focused on, on just taking what's in front of him. Um, I don't know how much you all saw the Chargers overtime loss in Tennessee last weekend. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't need to pick one possession and say, oh, Kellen Moore's a loser. But uh, the Chargers started that overtime period with the ball in first down and go downtown, incomplete. Second down, go downtown, incomplete. And so that's third and 10. And, of course, it's incomplete and you punt and, and then you lose because those are, you know, the way things get going. 
And so it seems that my, you know, again, back to kind of what we talked about a little while ago at the combine, it sounded really dumb, you know, in a vacuum for Mike McCarthy to say, look, Kellen wants to light up the scoreboard. Um, you know, I want to kind of win games. And again, I'm paraphrasing there, but it seems that Mike, you know, because he's the head coach and he has more pressure on himself, he, he has more to focus on than, than just the success uh, of the offensive side of the ball. It seems like he has a knack for, for marrying, you know, the different phases of the game together in, in perfect synchronization and perfect harmony. And obviously the, a lot of that comes from experience. I mean, the dude has been around the NFL forever and he has seen and done things. And, and he knows that, you know, if you try to get too cute, you know, it can come back to haunt you. And, you know, it, some of that sounds like football cliche, like, oh, you got to win time of possession and you got to run to set up the pass. And, and those aren't things that I believe in personally. But, I mean, it does seem clear and obvious that Mike has a, a great feel uh, for what is necessary. Uh, and he's able to kind of call what the Cowboys need, not just on offense, but through their offense for the overall good of the overall team. RJ, when you look at this game coming up with the Cardinals, look, the Cardinals have obviously decided that they want the first pick in the draft, and it's been talked about that they're tanking and everything else. But, Steve, it's still an NFL game. Is there any position that worries you, though, with head-to-head quarterback, head-to-head offensive line, defensive line? Is there any place that the Cardinals match up well with the Cowboys on this field? I mean, again, I, I know that everyone's saying, like, chill out. You know, I, I like it better when, when the media hates on the Cowboys and doubts us and whatever. No. I mean, you know, Buda Baker might have been that answer, uh, but he's not injured his head. And so, I mean, th- this should – I mean, look, they're 12-point favorites on the road for a reason. Um, and so this should be a pretty, you know, kind of standard, do your thing, get in, get out, get to 3-0 and kind of deal. And – if you get to 3-0, and I read an article this morning that will go out later this week at our site. Since the merger, since the Super Bowl era in 1970, 74% of teams that start off 3-0 go on to make the playoffs. And 42% of them, have, of those uh, you know teams, have won the Super Bowl. And so, or made the Super Bowl, excuse me, 21 have won the Super Bowl. And so, um, you, you can't do it all. And that's where I think they are very focused. I think that they understand, look, we're supposed to beat the crap out of these guys. And we may very well go out and do that. But you know, if we're 3-0, and we'll be the same 3-0 and as the Falcons if they win this week, as the Eagles if they win this week. You know, there, there is nothing that puts us ahead of anybody else just because our point differential or our turnover differential or our sack numbers are better. We have to keep going. We have to keep things one week at a time. How ugly could this game get with this defense against this Cardinals offense that, that, that really I don't think the Cardinals offense can get out of their own way? I mean, you know, I, I think that, Sustainability of what the Cowboys are doing is, is not going to hold. I mean, I don't. I saw a great friend of mine, Bobby Belt from the Fan in Dallas, uh, tweeted this yesterday that um, neither the Giants nor Jets have taken a snap um, past the Cowboys' 40-yard line in the second half of either of these past two games. So I mean, like you know, at some point somebody's going to score a touchdown on you in the fourth <laughs> quarter or something. Right? Like these cute little things that that you know do well on social media are all going to fall. And maybe that happens here. Maybe they don't cover right. Like. Um, I, I could see them, I don't want to say taking their foot off the gas, but the objective is, is to go in and win, right? And, and and not necessarily to accrue style points or anything like that. And so, yeah, I, I mean, maybe it's a, you know, 21 to 6 game early on and the Cowboys know that they can kind of dial things back and don't have to keep their foot on the gas. But I don't know that we're going to see 40 to nothing or 30 to 10 again. I mean, 
But I could be wrong. I mean, actually, these dudes keep doing the impossible. So maybe they do kind of go out there and just demolish another team for the third week in a row. RJ, do you think we see more of Tolbert this week? You know, I mean, maybe in the second half, again, kind of in, in that vein. Um, I know that he obviously had a, an opportunity last week with Brandon Cooks not playing and didn't light up the box score, but was really great, you know, in the blocking game and, and drew a really critical penalty uh, in the end zone, which is always a valuable thing. And so I think he's, you know, he's, he's definitely carving out more of that role. But, you know, we're at week three, right? You can't make that kind of leap or any kind of seismic leap. But I definitely think that, you know, he's making it very difficult to not involve him on offense. And that's a good problem to have. I'm going to put you on the spot here, but give me one place in this game that you're worried, tight end, receiver, linebacker, anywhere. Is there anywhere that RJ's concerned? Yeah, I would say the running game, if, if I have to be honest, because I think that there will be a high level of expectation. Obviously, it's only Wednesday, but the anticipation is that Tyler Smith will play uh, this week and make his season debut. And, and that will mean that for the first time since the Cowboys drafted him, from left to right, they will have Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotisak, Martin Terrence Still, That has never happened just, you know, because of injuries and things like that um, all through the beginning of last year. Um, so I think there will be this expectation like, oh, poof, like Tony Pollard's going to have 200 yards. And, and even then, Tony Pollard is, has seen the most touches through, you know, a two-game set at any point throughout his career. He's coming off of a career high in carries, right? Like, do the Cowboys, you know, I think that that's everyone's concern, right, is that you're just going to burn these dudes up too fast. And so, um, you know, that may, I would be concerned that maybe Tony Pollard would hit too many carries or that the Cowboys would dial it back because they want to, you know, go to the opposite end of the spectrum. So, um, and, and the run game is an important facet in what they want to do because they do want to dominate time of possession. So you do have to be able to kind of move things methodically, uh, matriculate down the field, as Hank Stram said once upon a time. So, I mean, that would be my concern. But, you know, we're talking a panic level of maybe three or four out of ten right now. R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys with us in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Final score coming up this week of Cowboys-Cardinals. I'll say 27 to 13. Uh, ah. Light cover. Um, you know, and it maybe isn't as impressive, and uh, maybe it's a little closer than we would like. Maybe 27-16. Uh, and that leads to uh, – and maybe they don't run the ball all too well. And that, of course, sets up the narrative with Zeke Gully returning next week about how he would be running the ball really well for the Cowboys. We're always looking for sports. You know. RJ Ochoa blogging the boys. RJ, enjoy the pork chops. Appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you next week, man. Thanks a lot, guys. They're going to be delicious. Y'all have a good week. All right, there he goes. RJ Ochoa. <laughs> so good. He is. A lot of fun. Blogging the boys. Check it out. Uh, you can find it. Just uh, log in. Blogging the boys. Com. All right, stay right there. Press Box continues right after this on ESPN Central Texas. Your leader in high school sports, ESPN Central Texas. The Mart Coaches Show with Kevin Hoffman is brought to you by In Commons Bank, Mart. Coach coming off a 36-21 win over Centerville last Friday night in non-district play. A very good state-ranked Centerville team. How do you think your team performed overall? Oh, we got out to a fast start, uh, you know, jumped out to a 22 nothing lead. And, uh, uh, you know, kids played well early on. And, and you know, they're a big and physical team like Centerville. They kind of uh, leaned on us a little bit. And uh, we, 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 uh, we, we had a few errors, but, 
I mean, other than that, I felt good. Like I said, state ranked team, two uh, two highly uh, ranked teams going at each other, two totally different styles of uh, of play, but uh, it, it was a good test for us, and we're happy uh, with the victory. Now you start district play this week against Meridian. Talk a little bit about them. First of all, offensively, what do they do? Yeah, I mean, offensively, they uh, uh, you know they they run a little spread offense and uh, um, you know move the ball around and they. they they try to do a little bit of everything, so uh, you know, we're going to have to be prepared to, you know, line up to their formations, number one, and then uh, you know, try to shut down their running game and uh, force them to throw the football, and uh, we can do that. We feel like we can be successful. What about defensively? Yeah, defensively, they just, uh, you know, they put try to put six, seven guys in the box, and, uh, again, they, they try to uh, stop the run and uh, force, you know, force teams to throw the football, and uh, but uh, we're – we're capable of doing, uh, you know, both of those things. So, uh, you know, we're, we're looking for a uh, uh, outcome that's going to be very favorable for us. ESPN Central Texas. Every day, InCommons Bank strives to be the best community bank in Central Texas. Each of their six Central Texas locations have a proud history in the communities they serve. In addition, InCommons Bank offers modern-day services to their customers, including mobile banking, where you can access your account night or day, insurance services to make sure you are covered, competitive home mortgage loans, and free business checking. At InCommons Bank, you can open your new account online. It's quick and easy. Learn more at InCommonsBank.com. Member FDIC and Equal House lender to keep your energy costs low seal your home or business with insulation from pro foam insulation whether you want spray foam insulation retrofit insulation blow-in insulation or bat insulation pro foam insulation is the team for the job they can handle residential commercial and agricultural jobs they're licensed and insured offer free estimates and lifetime warranties are also available family owned and operated since 2017 pro foam insulation of robinson 254-640-1255 and ask for matt Want to celebrate the Bears' big win or watch every road game on big screen TVs? Sound up loud and Bear fans all around? The Buckle is where you need to be. With a location just off campus, within walking distance of the stadium, the Buckle is a perfect den for food and beverages. Open two hours before kickoff. And get ready for the Buckle's full restaurant, opening in China Spring real soon. Drop on by the Buckle, the place for Bears to be. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. All Around Maintenance is your complete janitorial and construction cleanup service. Whether you're looking for someone to clean your business or you need quick cleanup after a big construction, All Around Maintenance handles the nitty-gritty. We're Real Central Texans, working with your schedule to satisfy your needs since 1996. We'll leave your office, school, restaurant, industrial facility, house of worship, or apartment complex spotless at an honest rate. Visit us today at allaroundmaintenance.net. That's allaroundmaintenance.net. Let us do the dirty work. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. It's no exaggeration to say QC Kinetics can change your 
life. Hey, it's Matt Mosley from ESPN Central Texas. QC Kinetics is advanced regenerative medicine. They take your body's own concentrated healing properties and put them right into your joint to restore and repair that damaged tissue that's causing all of that horrible pain. The patient satisfaction reports are astonishing. Finally, a real alternative to the old ways of dealing with with pain. If you have constant pain in your knees, hip, shoulder, or back, uh, or neck for me, you need to call and get a free consultation for the medical professionals at QC Kinetics today. Call QC Kinetics and see how the latest advances in precision regenerative medicine can attack your pain and bring you lasting relief. Now is the best time to get started. 254-415-4100. Again, 254-415-4100. QC Kinetics, 254-415- Four one zero zero. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Ward White's Aaron Sexton along with you here on this Wacky Wednesday. A day game, getaway game for the Texas Rangers as they take on the Red Sox. Last getaway game of the regular season for the Rangers. A 105 start. Uh, and we'll keep you up to date Throughout all the shows here on ESPN Central Texas, John Morse coming up at 2 o'clock. And, of course, Matt Mosley, 3 to 6. It's all right here. And, and they'll be giving you updates on the Rangers who are trying to claw their way into the playoffs, something we didn't think that any of us would be saying at this point in the season when they were in spring training in Surprise, Arizona. Yeah, I mean, and and considering the, the two losing streaks that they've, they've went on since the All-Star break, Part of it's luck because the Astros have struggled as well, but you know, part of it is in between that they were able to put together enough wins to to stay in it at least. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it shakes out. I, I hope it would be so disappointing if they somehow didn't even make the playoffs. Still ahead of schedule, but man, when you get the chance to to get in the dance, so to speak, because once you're in there, even with the worst bullpen in the history of playoff baseball, probably. <laughs> With their hitting and their starting pitching, you just never know. I'm going to say they don't make the playoffs. I wouldn't be shocked. I would be disappointed, but I wouldn't be shocked. All right. You're going to stay on the bandwagon for right now. I am. All I right. am. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not being ugly. I'm I already saying. jumped off once, and then they then they <laughs> ran off four straight. and, and Against Toronto, right, of all people. Right. And then we're ahead of both Toronto and uh, Seattle and a half game back of the Astros. Well, then they lose to the Indians. Yes. It's just. Guardian, excuse me. Yeah, it was, I'm not calling them the Guardian. It was brutal that whole series, but they f- and then they dropped the first from the Red Sox, but they bounced back last night with a win, only a half a game back of those despised Astros. <laughs> well, by me anyway. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see how it ends up. They've got a lot of games against Seattle, obviously, and not. I think, and this isn't exactly <laughs> a hot take. I think that'll determine who gets in the playoffs, and it'll be one of those two. I still think Houston probably wins the division, unfortunately. The top 25, we talk about it all the time, Aaron, and talk about you know rankings uh, at the top of college football and where everybody's at. How about the bottom 25? It's always kind of fun to look at because they do rank it from the worst team in, in college football to the 25th worst team in college football. You, you want to – you want to hear the list for right now sure. after this week? Yeah. All right. Boise State, one and two. They're the number 25 on this list. Does that surprise you at all? Not really. 
Um, no. I mean, they haven't had an easy schedule start, but they've fallen way off from their glory days. Yeah. At number 24, the Trent Dilfer experiment is not off to a great start, <laughs> and it's UAB sitting at number 24 right now. It's just going to be tough to win there. I mean, you can't really even recruit your own state because Alabama and Auburn take all the good players. <laughs> good point. At number 23, how about this? As they lost to Rice in week number two, get throttled by TCU at one and two now, the Houston Cougs. Yeah, that's not a surprise at all. They should get right this weekend, though, against Sam Houston. Should. Should. If they don't. <laughs> it's going to be a long year. Oof. All right. At number 22, at one and two, it is South Florida. Should. I, you know, under your first year head coach, Alex uh, Goulash, not a surprise. But South Florida's never really been somebody that's kind of been there anyway. So no, they've had some good seasons, but they've nothing overly right. Wow, They're, look at the Bulls. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Nope. At number twenty-one, North Texas at one and two. The Green Green ranked forty-first stop for in them. total I'm... offense, a hundred and thirtieth in total defense right now. Yeah, they had pretty high expectations for this year, and mm-hmm. obviously, one and two is not how they. Figured to start, but there's a few teams, more than a few teams in the state of Texas that have had a similar start to their season. At number 20, the worst college football team right now, Middle Tennessee. Um, yeah, probably. I mean, I, I know that um, they've played okay, but they're still 1-2, and two, and it's still not going the way they want it to. Number 19, Navy at 1-2. and two. Number 18, Northern Illinois at 1-2. and two. UTEP at 17. So, despite getting a transfer quarterback, UTEP still not able to do it. And, boy, the Miners just, they never can get it right. No, and, and it's it's so far from everything. It's It's got to be really tough to recruit out there. Yeah, it's got to be very, very tough to recruit out there because you're right. You're out in the middle of absolutely nothing. Uh, Akron at 1 and 2. Uh, Connecticut uh, at 15. Colorado State at 14. They shouldn't be on the list. I, a disappointing I, loss, but they should have won that they, game. Yep, they should not be on this list. Arkansas State at 13, Kent State 12, Hawaii 11, Virginia 10, Tulsa number 9, Ball State 8, Massachusetts 7, Western Michigan 6, Southern Miss 5, Central Michigan 4, East Carolina 3. Boy, how they've dropped. Buffalo at 2, and the worst team right now in college football, Nevada. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, that they've uh they've they've had two pretty brutal uh three pretty brutal beatdowns, I believe, to start the season. I know two, so yeah, they yeah, that makes sense. They they've they have had nothing. All right, there you go. John Moore is coming up at uh, two to three this afternoon and of course Matt Mosley three to six. They'll keep you updated with the Texas Rangers taking on the Boston Red Sox right now. Or in about 10 minutes from now at uh, the ballpark in Arlington. So you'll be able to keep up with the score by keeping it right here on ESPN Central Texas. That's going to do it for us. For Aaron Sexton, I'm Ward White. Until next time, so long, everybody. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals live from State Farm Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. Restrictions apply. Stock limited. See dealer for details. Now's the time to buy your new Buick for the right price at Richard Carr. Roomy, sporty, versatile. The 2023 midsize Buick Envision is a luxury SUV 